It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now that signing day is out of the way for the BYU football program, all eyes are on spring football. Which players in this signing class have the potential to impact BYU football the most this fall? We're discussing it on Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And it is brought to you today by your friends over at FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. New customers join today and get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. As simple as that, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. All right, let's dive right in on today's show. And I had a kind of a dual question uh, posed to me, uh, one by our Cougar Insider Group, our Locked On Cougars Insider Group, as well as an email that was sent in to me. And they asked a similar question. I'm just going to generalize the question. So the the first, uh, we'll give the credit to the two gentlemen who sent in the question, Weston from our Locked On Cougars Insider Group, as well as Ethan, who emailed LockedOnBYU at gmail.com and asked essentially this question. Jake, who are the most impactful guys in your mind that will have an ability to play this fall for BYU from this signing class? And that's a great question. And they included return missionaries, high school signings, junior college, transfer, etc. Across the board, it was a generalized question. So I'm going to give you five or so guys I believe have the potential to play right away this season for BYU and the guys I expect would be the most impactful for the Cougars. Now, there may be a couple of names as we kind of go through this that I may add to the mix here, but there are five I have in mind that I believe will have the biggest impact this season. Number one, Actually, how about this? Let's do it in reverse world. Let's keep you guys in suspense. Uh, ooh, that's that's alluring. I'm gonna do that on the fly. But uh, number five on my list is uh, Sonny Tuala. Now, Sonny Tuala is an interesting name because he is a guy that BYU has brought in with the whole thought that he is as raw as can be, but the physical tools, the athleticism, the overall ability to essentially just dominate physically in the game of football, it's all there on tape. If he can refine his game enough that he can get on the field this season for BYU, we're talking about a guy who's got the same type of uh, athleticism slash unrefined nature of a Ziggy Ansah. Now, we all know how the Ziggy Ansah story panned out. This is a guy, remember, famously couldn't put on his football pads, had tried track and field, basketball, before ending up playing BYU football. Kyle Van Noy uh, really kind of helped teach him the game. And then he has a pretty decent uh, senior season and then goes number five in the NFL draft. Is that story going to play out with Sonny Tuala? Well, it's way too early to know how that's going to pan out. But he's got that same type of inexperience combined with just freakish. I mean, 
freakish athleticism if you look at his tape. So he is a guy to keep an eye on. And you also can add to the mix because he'll be a pass rusher. These guys going to come off the edge and hopefully impact BYU defensively with the pass rush. You could add two other names to that mix and Kenny Laufonohema as well as Devoe Tuatonga, uh, two guys who are high school athletes joining BYU. Uh, Devoe Tuatonga from uh, Cedar Valley High School out in Eagle Mountain uh, nearby where I live. And then also uh, Kenny Laufonohema coming just a little bit north from Springville High School. Those pass rush They've got to have guys like that that can bring the heat off of the edge. Tyler Batty has shown glimpses but never been all that consistent for an entire season. They need an improved pass rush for BYU. But I think Sonny Tuala has got that type of ability. So he's number five on my list. And I guess if you wanted to extend out even further, Ephraim Asiata might also add to that mix because his ability to come off the edge is similar to the aforementioned guys we've already talked about. Number four on my list, offensive lineman Joe Brown. Now, he's a return missionary, originally committed to BYU before serving a mission as a preferred walk-on, came home, and BYU rewarded him with a scholarship. And the hype about his uh, being in shape, coming home off of a mission, not having lost a significant amount of weight. Apparently, his uh, strength is kept up. Uh, There was the offhand comment, apparently, uh, in the Cougar Club luncheon uh, that the coaches had with Cougar Club members that he looked like he spent his uh, mission at the Gold's Gym. You know what? Every so often, there's one of those guys who comes home and the mission seemingly hasn't had much of any impact on him. And Joe Brown, he is an absolute road grader. I covered him in high school. I called some of his football games as part of the KSL Sports Rewind crew uh, back in the day. And that dude is an absolute mauler in the run game. He very well could push for playing time this season for BYU. And I think he will absolutely be in the two deep along the interior BYU's offensive line. Does that mean he's playing at guard? Uh, we'll see. But uh, keep an eye on the name Joe Brown. The most generic name out there feels like it, but Joe has got the goods. He is that talented of a football player, and I cannot wait to see what he's capable of doing for BYU along that offensive front, because we all know that the offensive line does need uh, some guys who are impact players that can help BYU out. Number three on my list, Danny Saili. We just talked about a guy like Sonny Tuolo. Danny Saili is a far more uh, polished football player along the defensive line for BYU, but he does his work from the defensive tackle position. Many of you might recall, uh, he was a flip from Texas Tech before signing with BYU in the early signing period, and Saili as a junior college transfer, well, you don't bring in JC guys for them to sit the bench, and he will come in, and the hope is that he will be a starter, if not a rotating piece, from day one for the Cougars. At 350 pounds, he has got the beef in the middle of that defensive line to really help BYU on their interior of their D-line. He, along with guys like David Latu, returning uh, this year, uh, he also can add the other defensive tackles coming back. Uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head of guys uh, like um, John Nelson, they are going to need uh, some extra beef in the middle, and that's exactly what Donnie Saili brings, but he also has flashed the ability to pass the rusher to a, a degree, even standing at 350 pounds. So they need a guy who's more of the Kairos Tonga type in the middle of BYU's defensive line, and Danny Saili is uh, expected to kind of fill that role for the Cougars. So he's number three of potential impact guys for BYU this season. Number two on my list is Reiner Swan. Now, the tight end position has a little bit of a void at the top. Isaac Rex was so good for so long for BYU. He left the program with a career record for touchdown receptions, breaking a record that Gordon Hudson, of all people, a college football Hall of Famer, held. That's an impressive uh, thing to have in your back pocket. And you wish Isaac nothing but the best as he moves forward now into his professional career. But there is a number of tight ends on the roster for BYU. But Reiner Swanson has got the ability to come in as a 18-year-old, you know, 17 years old, excuse me. He's not only to serve a 
mission. So he's going to play a year of football before embarking on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he has got the body frame, the athleticism, kind of that savvy style of play as a tight end that I believe he can get on the field as a freshman and can help BYU's tight end group. The hope is that him and Jackson Bowers, the two four-star tight ends BYU's brought in the past two recruiting classes, this is their time to shine. Like I said, there's a void at the top of that tight end position. There are obviously going to be guys like Matava Taase who are thinking, hey, that's, it's my time to shine. Ray Paulo's probably thinking the same thing. But I'm telling you, keep an eye on Reiner Swanson. That kid looked so far advanced as compared to some of the guys he played against in high school down there in Orange County, California. And he is really really talented, and I would not be surprised to see him take the field as a true freshman for BYU this season. That brings me to my number one guy. I believe he will be the most impactful for BYU this season. We're going back over to the defensive side. We're going to linebacker Jack Kelly. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about him as a Weber State transfer. I'm telling you, his athleticism, his ability to impact games for Weber State last year was Kyle Van Noy-esque. Now, that's a different level of football. Let's get that out of the way right now. That's FCS Big Sky football that he was impacting, but he was as advertised as like a Kyle Van Noy type impact player for Weber State last year. This was a guy that Jay Hill brought to Weber State. Obviously, he uh, did his uh, time up there in Ogden. Now he comes to BYU. Some of you have seen recently on social media, he put up an incredible amount of weight on a power clean uh, during winter workouts was put on social media. He is a freaky, freaky athlete that got overlooked and impacted by the COVID uh, pandemic during his recruiting process coming out of Kearns High School. I'm not saying he's going to be Kyle Van Noy, but his ability to impact games defensively with a pass rush, getting opportune uh, turnovers at big moments of games, just being a sure-handed tackler who's able to play sideline to sideline. I'm telling you, Jack Kelly is going to start for BYU this fall. I would I put that down in ink right now in my mind unless an injury pops up. He is that good of a football player that there are other linebackers on that roster. There's a lot of linebackers on BYU's roster who are thinking, hey, okay, I, I've got a chance here. Him and Ben Bywater would be the two guys I would say they're starting for BYU this season at linebacker. I just that's that's what I expect. I think Jack Kelly is that good of a football player for the BYU football program, and I expect him to have a major, major impact this fall for the Cougars. And we'll see. I, could somebody else off of the list of the guys that BYU signed? I think it was 31 guys they have signed plus eight returned missionaries. Could any one of those guys uh, leap up and surprise all of us? That absolutely is the possibility. You could look at guys like a Jovessa Damuni or a Pokai Haunga, could they be the impact running back BYU's kind of been searching for alongside LJ Martin? That's a possibility. Could uh, like a, a guy like Naki Tuakoi or Sefo Aukila, Akuila, uh, who uh, joined BYU on Wednesday on National Signing Day, could they come in because they have the requisite size. They're like both 6'3", 6'4", 230 pounds as high schoolers. Could they step in right away as true freshmen and impact BYU at the linebacker slash pass rusher position? That is all a possibility, but the five guys I listed, I think in my mind, those are the guys I believe will have the most impact for BYU this season, and I welcome your feedback. Is there a guy or guys that you have an eye on that you believe are the most impactful or will have the most impact on BYU this season? I welcome your feedback. Drop them in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube. Send them to us via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, We're at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter slash X uh, feed is Jacob C. Hatch. Or as Ethan did, as I mentioned, uh, asking the question, email us, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. 
always appreciate the feedback and appreciate you guys interacting with the show all the same. Uh, just another quick plug, to, uh, if you have not done so, subscribe, rate, review, share this show with your family and friends. Uh, it's uh, off-season time, so some of you uh, may have checked out or maybe not necessarily checking out the show every single day. I encourage you to do so. We're going to keep going all off-season long, daily BYU content for you guys on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and appreciate all of the support in advance. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we're going to flip over and talk some BYU basketball. The Cougars in action tomorrow night as they welcome in the Kansas State Wildcats to the Marriott Center. Now, Kansas State's coming off a major, major upset of their arch-rival Kansas on Monday. How will that impact this game for BYU? We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all of you who celebrate uh, this incredible weekend. It's all coming from our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl weekend and Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets courtesy of our friends over at uh, FanDuel. The best part about this Super Bowl Sunday is the game is I'm looking forward to it. Now, I've got an added investment in the fact that I am a diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. It's been 30 years since Steve Young last won the Super Bowl. I want to see my Niners back on top of the NFL. Now, will that play out? Well, I have the opportunity with my friends over at FanDuel to bet on that, and you have the same opportunity to do just that. You also can bet on any number of different things. Spreads, player props, uh, Taylor Swift appearances on TV, uh, Usher's halftime show, all kinds of different options for you guys courtesy of FanDuel. They want to have you uh, ending your season with a W or two or three, so get on it today. And by the way, new customers, join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, Simple as that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. Make every moment more with your friends over at FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to remind you guys that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Now you can find it also on Amazon Fire TV. It is called Locked On Sports Today and is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Locked On Sports Today, uh, the channel, on both YouTube and Amazon Fire TV and check it out. It's been a really, really fun addition uh, to our uh, network here at Locked On. All right. BYU basketball in action tomorrow night. 8 o'clock tip-off on ESPN2. One of the few remaining nationally televised games for BYU this season. The majority of the rest of the way for BYU are going to be streaming on ESPN+. So... Uh, if, if you're one of those uh, holdouts who is just not uh, willing to pony up uh, to pay for ESPN Plus, well, guess what? This is going to be on uh, uh, cable television, ESPN2, and it's a big opportunity for BYU tomorrow night. Now, once again, coming off that loss uh, on Tuesday night for BYU, it's bounce back time. I've talked about it on this podcast that the goal for BYU down the stretch run of the season here should be go to one and one each week. So go, split your games, honestly. Just split your games each week, and you'll be in a pretty good spot. Now, this is a Kansas 
State team coming into BYU that had lost four straight until their big Monday matchup against their arch rival Kansas, who was ranked number four, and then they get the win in overtime, upending the Kansas Jayhawks 75 to 70. Jerome Tang, as a head coach at Kansas State, is incredibly 11 and 0 in overtime as a head coach. That's an incredible feat. Uh, but this was a team, uh, speaking of Kansas State, that was coming in on the heels of losses to uh, uh, let's see, three excuse me, uh, two ranked teams as well as losses uh, to Iowa State. Oh, three teams, four teams, excuse me. Iowa State, Houston, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State had all beaten Kansas State before that win over Kansas. Now, will they get a big head? Are they riding a little too high as they make the travel uh, to Provo for this game? It will be a nine o'clock body, uh, nine p.m. Uh, Central Time body clock game for Kansas State. I am just wondering how they will, how it will impact the the. Wildcats in this game versus BYU. I think the Cougars are plenty hungry, especially considering how uh, they really just ran out of gas on Tuesday night. And that's that's the thing about this is you saw BYU's legs just fell them as they played in that game, and you want to see them bounce back. Now they're back home on their home turf, getting more familiar uh, status. Mark Pope said yesterday during media availability that uh, we'll see on Ali Khalifa. I would hope that Ali Khalifa plays, but without him, uh, Fusani Traore has been thriving right now. So it's kind of the the whole, uh, okay, if Lee Khalifa doesn't play, it hurts BYU with their ability to kind of run their offense through him like he has been doing as that point forward or point center, I guess I should call him. But then at the same time, with Foose on the court, he has been absolutely monstrous on the low block and really opening up BYU's offense in his own way with his ability to score around the basket. So it's kind of an interesting conundrum that BYU's got going right now. And if Ali Khalifa doesn't play, you're going to have to just suck it up and deal with it. Kansas State is a pretty athletic team, much like uh, most of the teams here in the Big 12. BYU, if you want to just go sheerly athleticism versus athleticism, BYU is, less, is the less athletic team in this game, but it is always good to be back on your home court, back in the friendly confines of the Marriott Center, and having uh, what I would expect is at least, what, 15,000, 16,000 people at minimum. Uh, rooting you on in this game. It's a big opportunity for BYU to get back to 500 in conference play once again. And this, simply put, this is a big opportunity for the Cougars because there's going to be an extra microscope on this game. There's going to be a lot of talk about Kansas State. Have they figured things out after bouncing back and getting that win over Kansas? Well, you have an opportunity, speaking of BYU, for BYU basketball to say, okay, that's a cute story, but we're the better team. We're actually nationally ranked. We're the 21st ranked team in the country, and we're going to play like that. That's the mindset that BYU has to have in this game. Now, uh, Townsend Triple has not been practicing this week, along with Ali Khalifa. Uh, We'll see what happens with the injury status, but there were reports yesterday. Mitch Harper, I think, was the one I read first, my compatriot over at KSLSports.com. He mentioned that uh, Marcus Adams practiced uh, throughout the entirety of practice yesterday. Does that mean that Adams is finally going to return to the court for BYU in this game? TBD. I think at this point, if I'm Marcus Adams and I'm BYU, I'm probably looking at it saying, okay, what are the chances that we potentially could get a medical red shirt out of him? Because the the rotation is what it is. Can he really come in and be that impact guy to shake up the rotation and give BYU a scoring punch off the bench? That's very much in question. And who knows if him practicing versus him playing, uh, is he practicing because the, the, the staff has said, or not the staff, the training uh, staff has said that he's good to practice, but he's not cleared to play in games. It's just a very, very confusing situation all the way around. So at this point, I'm not banking on anything when it comes to Marcus Adams. And instead, I'd be focusing, if you're a fan out there, on the guys who will actually be on the court. And I'm speaking of guys like Dallin Hall, Trevin Nell, Jackson Robinson, Spencer Johnson. The, the last 
three I just mentioned, Spencer Johnson, Jackson Robinson, and Trevin Nell, all of them have had a kind of a slump of late, and you want to see one, maybe all three of them, bust out of that slump, start shooting better and taking a better shot. BYU's uh, best games this season have come when they have been sharing the basketball and passing up good shots and setting up their teammate for a better shot. But the problem is in some of these games as well is you have too many guys playing what I like to call hero ball where they're playing ISO one-on-one and taking ill-advised deep threes early on in the shot clock causing a a long rebound and all of a sudden the opponents are on the break because they got that long rebound and you're suddenly scrambling on defense. BYU needs to control the tempo of this game. As I mentioned, Kansas State's going to come in here riding high. Big win over Kansas, snapped a four-game losing streak, and they want to make it two in a row against BYU. Well, in BYU circumstance, you don't want to go 0-2 on the week. You don't want to drop two games below 500 in the conference. You want to get back to 500 and stay right in the thick of things here in the Big 12, and it's a big Big opportunity in that game tomorrow night. I will be out at it. I'm sure a number of you will be as well and would love nothing more than if you guys are around uh, and you see me, give me a shout-out. I always enjoy talking with Cougar Nation. I've met a number of you. I've met uh, Russ Grisfather not too long ago. David Hatch I've met not too long ago. Uh, There are a number of you guys that have been awesome long-time loyal listeners slash supporters of the podcast, and I love meeting y'all. So if you see me out there, I'm usually wandering, I'm prowling around the, the Marriott Center. You guys know where Media Row is at. Come say hi. I'd love nothing more than to uh, dap you up and uh, say thank you for the support of the podcast in person. You guys uh, make this go round, but it's a it's a big game. It is truthfully a big game on the docket for BYU tomorrow night, uh, simply because it, you've got to get this W. Now, if you drop to four and six in conference, well, guess what? Then you're uh, kind of battling uphill. But uh, the other thing about this is I had some questions sent in about BYU basketball, and I'll get to one of them right here. Uh, this is an interesting one. As Danny Drew, let's see, uh, let me pull this up here. i got to pull it up on the fly. It says, what will it take for BYU men's basketball to be over 50% in league play? Uh, that is a great question. Simply put, I think it's going to be, you've got to just uh, stick with the formula and maybe steal an extra extra game along the way. I've, I've said it on this podcast before, I'll say it again, 9-9 nine and nine in conference is going to get you probably a single-digit seed in the NCAA tournament. You'll probably, if you're BYU, be in contention to play in theory, 40 miles north of Provo in Salt Lake City at the Delta Center. That has got to be the goal for BYU right now. And if I, I know that they want to go game by game and they want to they want to say, well, we're focused on the here and now. We're focused on Kansas State and that's it. You've always got an eye. Mark Pope talked about it. They look at the net rankings. They look at Ken Palm ratings. They look at all of it. They know where they stand with regards to the postseason possibilities. And they got to be thinking, if we can get to Salt Lake City and play at the Delta Center, imagine how BYU biased that crowd will be. And it'll be absolutely incredible. That would be a major major lift for BYU in the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament to maybe punch their ticket to a Sweet 16, and then all bets are off at that point. It'd be an awesome thing, and that's got to be the thought process as you uh, move forward here for BYU. So it's a big, big opportunity in this game against Kansas State because I frankly don't think Kansas State is... They're not world beaters. They're a good team. Obviously, when you beat Kansas, you're doing something right. But the bigger thing is uh, you look at it and say, you know what? 
you got to go out and win this game. You're nationally ranked. They're not. They're, they've lost four of their last five. Sure, they got the big upset, but you are a better team. You should be able to go and get that W. So we'll see. It, it's an interesting uh, thing. And now uh, one other thing, Weston Birch also mentioned this. Uh, ESPN Predictions has BYU winning seven of their remaining nine games. With the exception of Cincinnati, ESPN's predictions have been correct for BYU this season. What are your predictions for the remaining games? Well, BYU wins seven of the final nine. Uh that would be absolutely incredible, frankly. That would be eleven and would it be eleven and seven in conference. And if BYU is eleven and seven at the end of the conference slate, yeah, they're going to probably be a four or a five seed, and they're going to be playing in Salt Lake City. So if ESPN's predictions, as Weston points out, uh, remain correct for BYU, that is a team that is going to be one of those teams that's being talked about at the end of the season. As okay, can they peak right now? Could they be a dark horse, and make a run to the Sweet Sixteen? That is what the eye on the prize is for BYU right now. Yes, focus on the here and now. Get the W over Kansas State and move forward. Obviously, that's that's got to be the mentality. But in the back of the mind, there's still that thought, okay, what else could we accomplish? So that, that's the interesting part about all of this. And I've got one other question on BYU basketball, and we'll talk about that. And we'll get to a couple other notes on the weekend ahead in other BYU sports. We'll get to all that as we roll on right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Utah Community Credit Union. The Learn and Earn feature, part of the UCCU mobile banking app, is paying your entire family to learn about money, everybody. Obviously, we all want to be smarter when it comes to our finances and money in general, and that's where Learn and Earn comes into the mix. It breaks down financial topics into bite-sized educational games featuring quizzes and trivia. The best part is every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to places like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family. Y'all can compete against one another and track your progress on leaderboards and have fun along the way. But the best part is Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app. So you meaning you can play it literally anytime, anywhere you've got a couple of minutes. It really doesn't take that long to get a lesson done. That's the incredible part about it. I've been doing it since the new year began. I've been a UCCU member and it's been really fun uh, to learn about money, but while at the same time accruing some points and getting some gift cards along the way. So get on it today, my friends. Of course, the more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. It's all courtesy of UCCU and part of their be money smart uh, be money smart youth banking program helping kids teens and parents have fun have fun while becoming more financially illiterate uh financially literate, not illiterate, literate together. I am butchering this, but nonetheless, it's all courtesy of your friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making checking. Uh, ma- making checking. Thank you for your support of Locked On Cougars. Man, if I can get uh, the words out of my mouth, but nonetheless, thank you for all of your support. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday. Whenever you hear this, uh, want to just give another shameless plug. If you have not done so already, please consider subscribing to our Locked On Cougars Insider Group. It's a really fun way to interact with the show. Uh, we've got some new features we're going to be adding to it. Uh, it looks like in the near term future. So uh, stay tuned for that. Those of you who are already signed up, it's a 14 day free trial. Then just four dollars and ninety nine. 
$4.99 a month, uh, five bucks essentially every uh, month afterwards. It's a, it's a texting program. You can send in text messages. I've already mentioned, like Isaac Weston have uh, mentioned earlier this, uh, earlier on this show. Danny Drew as well have done that. Uh, appreciate all y'all who have signed up so far, and really would encourage you guys to uh, join if you have not done so already. Uh, you can get the links at the in the show notes below, whether you're on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. All right, uh, great question here from Byron Mills before we go on today's show, and it, it relates to BYU basketball. So the guards, uh, speaking of BYU basketball, seem to run out of gas against Oklahoma, and yet Trey Stewart never got off the bench. This guy started and played lots of minutes off the bench in non-conference games. Why isn't he playing? Well, frankly, Byron, nobody's talking about it. Uh, We've asked Mark Pope repeatedly as a media core, and he's talked about the fact that uh, Trey is still part of the plan here. Simply put, against that in that Cincinnati game, he put himself in the doghouse with I think it was a four turnovers and just four minutes played, and his three point shooting just isn't up to par for what BYU wants from their guards. And I think that's what's got him glued to the bench. Yes, they did run out of gas against Oklahoma, and yes, it would have been nice to have a guy like Trey Stewart to come in and lift BYU, but. Uh, for whatever reason, he is just not part of the rotation for BYU. And if I had any more intel on it than I did, I'd be happy to pass it along to you guys, but I just don't have anything else, honestly, on it. So that that's the tough part about it is I wish I could give you more intel on it, but it just nobody, I mean nobody, is talking about what exactly are the issues. So we'll see. It's kind of an interesting uh, conundrum that is out there. Uh, but there are other, some other BYU football questions that came in uh, via our Locked on Cougars Insider group as well. We're running out of time on today's show, so I'm going to get to those early next week. So stay tuned for those. Uh, uh, Weston, uh, let's see, David, uh, Scott, uh, you guys have all got some questions, and I will address those as soon as possible. So thank you uh, for bearing with me on that. But a couple of notes before we go on today's show is BYU continues to add preferred walk-ons to the 2024 cycle. Uh, the most recent one is Iosefa Latuli out of Kaimuki High School out in Hawaii. Uh, he is a guy that listed at six foot five, 225 pounds, uh, coming to BYU as an athlete, and I've talked about this with BYU's preferred walk-ons. Remember, we talked about Carson Cox yesterday on the show. He's a six foot five wide receiver. Well, Iosefa Latuli lists himself as a quarterback slash athlete in the class of 2024. Well, at 6'5", 225, uh, Latuli, he's probably not going to play quarterback for BYU, frankly, but at 6'5", 225, that could indicate he's playing, what, tight end? Is he going to play defensive end? Could he be a linebacker for BYU? These are the type of uh, athletes you bring to BYU and let them kind of find their own home as their skills develop. That's the incredible part about what uh, these preferred walk-ons can be, is they can come in as athletes, and this actually goes back to a question I think Weston asked about a number of guys who were listed that played quarterback or running back or uh, any other position in high school but come to BYU listed as an athlete. Uh, He talked about, the and the question was essentially, are they going to look at using these guys Guys like a Taysom Hill in the in the pro ranks. I don't necessarily think they're going to use them in the, in the Taysom Hill role. They're bringing them as athletes to see how their bodies develop and then find the right home to take advantage of their athleticism and their skill set. That's so. I look at a guy like Latuli for this example. Like I said, it's 6'5", 225. That's a tight end size already. Uh, could he, uh, does he have the frame to maybe bulk up and play offensive tackle down the road? Does he have the speed and athleticism to play linebacker? As a quarterback, you'd imagine he's probably got some ability there. Or is he good enough with his hand in the dirt to play defensive end if you pack on another 20 or 30 pounds on him? That's the 
opportunity that exists with young men like an Eosefalatuli. So I think this is a very nice pickup for BYU. And I'll just also add the fact that getting any guys out of the state of Hawaii right now, it used to be an absolute stronghold for BYU recruiting-wise. Any guys you can get in here, and if they have success, it's only going to yield more opportunities to get guys from Hawaii back to Provo in terms of the recruiting process. Every program across the country is now recruiting the islands. I get that. But BYU needs to do a better job, and any guys you can bring over, scholarship, preferred walk-on or otherwise, I applaud it because I think it helps reopen and kind of re-energize that pipeline uh, to the Hawaiian Islands. And I, I congratulations, I guess uh, publicly I should say this, to Eosefalatuli on joining BYU and wish him nothing but the best as he moves forward here as a member of the BYU football program. All right, uh, final notes before we go on today's show is a look at uh, real quick where other teams are in action this weekend. The men's and women's track and field teams have split their squads. Half the team is up at uh, Washington at the Husky Classic. The other ones are at New Mexico at the Don Kirby Elite Invitational. So best of luck. Uh, to both men's and women's uh, track and field, those indoor meets they'll be taking part in. The men's tennis team is at UC Riverside today. It's their first ever matchup against UC Riverside down there. It's 11 a.m. a start on that one. BYU softball opened the season 2-0 yesterday in Hawaii. They take on Nevada today at 1.30. Uh, that's mountain time. Uh, there's no stream of this game once again. They'll finish up the weekend, as we talked about yesterday, with two games uh, once again against UMKC and against host Hawaii. Uh, those are at 1.30 and 4 o'clock on Saturday. And and then other teams in action, uh, men's and women's swimming and diving, have their regular season finale in a dual meet against the University of Utah. Uh, that takes place, I believe, at t- uh, today and tomorrow, uh, speaking of Friday and Saturday. And then also women's tennis is at Utah uh, tonight at 5 o'clock up at the Eccles uh, Tennis Center uh, if you want to get up to that and support the Cougars that way. And then women's uh, gymnastics. They're in a quad meet with number one ranked Oklahoma as well as Utah State and Texas Women's University. It's a quad meet taking place in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, the Sooners rank number one in the country right now, so probably hard-pressed to expect BYU to win that one, but to finish second wouldn't be a bad showing, and obviously beating Utah State in the process is uh, rivalry uh, action for the Cougars. And then uh, the final couple of notes I got for you guys is BYU women's basketball. They are at Cincinnati tomorrow. There'll be a 10 a.m. mountain time, a 10 a.m. start uh, tip out in Cincinnati. Uh, you can catch that on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM. It's also streaming on Big 12 Now on ESPN+. And then obviously the big, uh, and also uh, BYU men's basketball, 8 o'clock tomorrow night against Kansas State, ESPN2, and obviously uh, BYU Radio, KSL, will have uh, plenty of that uh, coverage for you guys. And then also, BYU men's volleyball, uh, they beat Long Island University last night, uh, three sets to none. They'll be back in action tomorrow with a reset against the LIU Sharks. That'll be at 7 o'clock Mountain Time on BYU TV. If you want to check that out, maybe just before uh, BYU and Kansas State begin, you can uh, check that out at as well. So there you go. That's a full weekend of BYU sports. Looking forward to it. Uh, and by the, this time next week, I believe BYU baseball starts their season, and we are fully engaged in spring sports season, meaning it's a packed schedule. But I, for one, uh, cannot wait for it and appreciate all of you guys uh, for checking out this podcast as we cover it all right here on Locked On Cougars. Once again, thank you for making it your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast as well. And thank you for tuning in. We'll have a postcast edition of the show late tomorrow night of whatever happens uh, for BYU and basketball. And then we're back next week uh, talking, uh, looking ahead to 2025 and recruiting. Uh, It's going to be the 100th year, by the way, of BYU football. 
football uh, this year. They've played 99 seasons to this point. 2024 will be the officially 100th year of BYU football. I've got a goal to do a countdown all offseason long of the previous 99 seasons, and we'll do that uh, to get us through the doldrums, as we call it, of the offseason. So we got a lot to come here on Locked On Cougars and appreciate all of your support as always. So until next time, my friends, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.